come, let us sing for the joy of the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God. Good morning. Hey, things are a little different. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a wall here. Might have not even hit you, but, but we'll talk about it in a little bit. But will you stand with me? Welcome to church. We're going to spend some time worshiping Jesus. If you're online with us, hey, Pastor Tim's online. Let us know you're there, and let's just, let's just sing. Spend some time talking about the greatness of our God. Jesus, this time is yours. We surrender to you. Do whatever you want. This time and this space in our hearts today.
Spirit leads where the Spirit leads as I'm following. I depend. Time. 
Let's just spend a couple seconds. Oh, how we need him. Every hour, right? altars and pray for need. If you want to have a seat, you can, but we're going to come to a prayer time. But sing with me. I depend on you. I depend on you. I depend on Jesus, we come to you as needy people, dependent upon you for our daily bread, depending on you for our very breath. God, we come with issues and problems and baggage, and each of us has it, and yet you've called us to depend upon you. So we choose to do that today. We come with open hands, surrendering our health and our jobs and our families and our relationships and our spirit and our health. Teach us to abide in you. Teach us to learn how to rest in the rhythm of your grace. We live in a culture that values, promotes, and points out people that are working like crazy. People that are going, 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 burning the candle at both ends. And yet you've called us to a different kind of life and a different kind of rhythm. You've called us to abide in you. To trust that you have enough to meet our needs for today and for tomorrow. And so, God, we choose to trust you. Thank you for this time. We love you. Amen. See the schedule there. Hand off. No, he prays too long. He prays too long. We want him up here. Well, as we pray, any of you uh, sitting back over here, did you notice the Halloween spectacular of just Drew's head floating right here? That's all I could see. It was like, yeah. It was pretty neat. Uh, 
Oh, we're doing the offering. Well, that's good. That's good. I've got a lot to be thankful for as I offer God thanks. A couple things. Um, I know someone who's offering a, a big thanks right now. Uh, some of you that are part of uh, Celebrate Recovery may have met this woman. But friend and I were coming home the other night, and we saw a motorcycle wreck. And I was like, oh, no. And I looked, and I was like, I know that person. And it's a woman who comes here to Celebrate Recovery. And someone had pulled out in front of her. And we get out to, to see if she's okay. And the cops had just pulled up, and she's just she's in decent shape. Her bike is mangled. And she was immediately just offering praise to God. And then the guy who uh, had hit her bike after she had to dump it to avoid someone who cut in front of her, and he was just, he was a mess because he thought he had hit her. And anyway, he comes over to her, and she said, hey, it's okay. Do you have the peace of Jesus in your life? I was like, wow. I was like, what a witness. Um, I'm thankful, one, that she's, she's good, but thankful for the witness that she was to me and to the world around her in the tough times that she said, hey, I've been through a lot, and I once again am thankful. Uh, I personally am thankful. There's some people who have just come through to help us in many different ways in this last couple weeks, and God has been opening some doors, and I'm like, God, I'm thankful. So, in our offering time, I think what God really wants from us is our sincere love and gratitude. To realize it is so hard sometimes to get past all the junk that is just laid out right in front of you to say, God, I am thankful. But you know what? I really am thankful. As I look past this, this last month, pretty crazy time around, pretty crazy time around here. Um, let's offer him our thanks. And then say, hey, God, what else is it that you, that you want me to offer up for my good? And let's not forget, anytime we offer stuff to God that he's asking us to offer, it's for us. It's for our good. It's so weird to think that our offering is for us. But it really is, ultimately, because God has what he needs. But he needs that relationship with us. So let's pray. Father, we praise you. We praise you, God. I offer thanks for... Uh, our friend who is safe, and then came up from the whole debacle praising you, offering things to you, and being a witness. So now there is someone else who knows, like, hey, this, this Jesus is something so strange and counterculture that this woman is praising him and thanking him in what is a, what was a possible life-taking situation. So, Lord, I thank you for what I witnessed I thank you for her witness, and I thank you for all the things associated with that. Lord, and I thank you for the people who have really been helping their neighbors. And I've been a beneficiary of being a neighbor to some. And they've helped me, and they've helped my family, and I've seen others helping those around them. So, Lord, continue to let our witness grow as we offer praise to you, as we offer thanks to you, as we offer our lives as living sacrifices day by day so that the world might know just how wonderful you are. We praise you, Jesus, and we look forward to the work that you've got going on in our lives and in the world around us. Amen. Well, we do have some announcements, and I actually, um, Garen, I 
you've put on here flood update, and you're the best one for this. I'm so sorry. You, he's like going somewhere else. He's going somewhere else and to do something else. I was going to get my money out. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Hey, let me give you some announcements, and Drew's going to roll this over so that we get it so we're not like this the whole time. So you may have noticed things look a little different. Um, this is um, our temporary solution to uh, – we, we had an independent company come out. Um, we had our assessor come out, and we've had our ICAT, the catastrophe insurance people, all three say we need to cut out some walls from some wind and rain damage. And so um, we're, we're still looking into things. We're trying to get a general contractor. If you know one that won't price gouge us, um, please send them my way. But, or if you want to become one, if you can do that very quickly online for like 19.99, become like you can do general contracting and weddings. It's uh, so <laughs> a great website. No, but but we have had to basically empty out these two classrooms, which are now these two classrooms, the front two classrooms, which are now the back classroom, and we will be in the process of gutting three of the offices. Um, we had a little bit of um, roof damage, which kind of just let the rain, because it was driving um, westerly, it just, it just, eh. So we're, we're looking at all options, but we're preparing for the worst option. And so that's, that's the update. We are still working on people. We're waiting to find out what's going to be covered, what's not. And we're trying to get a general contractor to get eyes on the situation and say, yeah, th you don't really need to do that. You need to do this, and I can do this. Oh, and the district is also helping. Yeah, thank you. See, you could have done this. Um, it's been great. We have um, we have missions people that go to different parts um, and help out with disasters, the flooding that was in Kentucky and in Waverly and other places, and we have a church right here in Apopka that has professional handymen and professional um, skillsmen that their mission is they go out and help in times of disaster. And so I'll be having a meeting with them tomorrow to coordinate. They want to come and try to, in five to six days, knock everything out. So, um, and that, yeah, that would be wonderful. The only thing that wouldn't include probably is what I forgot to tell you. The lobby and the bathrooms also sustain damage. So we're going to have to figure things out. We're going to try to get it all done between services so that we don't, have a problem, but worst case scenario, if we have worship outside for a week or two, that's okay. We live in Florida, right? The weather's beautiful. So we'll do what we do. We're going to trust God and give thanks in all things. So here we go. See, I didn't know what ICAT meant. He's been saying ICAT all week. I didn't know what that meant. So thank you, Karen, for, for taking care of that. Um, hey, next week, y'all, is our Thanksgiving potluck. Can you believe it? I know everyone's so excited. Um, so bring the good stuff, y'all. Bring the good stuff. Um, I, I'm sorry I won't be here. Really sad that I won't be here because I usually bring sweet potatoes with bacon on top. So if anybody wants a recipe so you can bring that, I'll be sure to give that to you um, because that's the only way to eat sweet potatoes is with bacon on top. Um, I believe that it's also daylight savings, but you'll hear that from um, the weather people on the news. Um, and then Christmas decorating, we are going to do that on the 20th, I believe, on that Sunday evening at 12, wait, uh, 5 to 7 p.m. 
will be our hanging of the greens and Christmas decorating. Um, and we've got some new stuff this year. So you'll want to come and be a part of that. And that is actually a lot of fun. And the more hands there are, a lot easier. Um, we'll see if Chrissy climbs up on crazy things to hang wreaths this year because that was pretty fun to watch last year. Um, and then we also have Advent books that we are providing. Um, they are one for $10 and two for $15. And so if you want to be a part of studying um, the Advent book this year with the rest of the church, then please do that. You can share it with someone, too, like, but Garen and I don't share books, so we'll have to, we'll have to buy two. If you're like us, get two, because um, we'll end up fighting over an Advent book. I mean, come on, y'all. That's, that's not okay. So um, at this point, will you please stand with me? Man, I love what, what, oh, sorry, sit down. I don't know. Oh, you guys. And if I could get our other pastors to come up here and join us, please. Um, while they're coming, can I just, can y'all look at this one right here? Yes. When we were singing, I was like, that is Kimmy up there playing the drums. Y'all, a couple months ago, she was like, y'all need a drummer? I'll learn how to play the drums. Talk about a yes person, someone who is like, you know what, whatever God wants me to do, I'll figure it out. I mean, <laughs> so thank you. That You're meant welcome. a lot. So we called our pastors up, and we're going to just go ahead and hand you your bags, too. And there's a couple other things in the back as well. Um, we have been thinking about our pastors all month, and we do have such an amazing pastoral staff. And I know Mandy's out with the baby, so we won't, you know, make her come in. But um, I'm going to step down a minute and stand by Tim, and we're just, um, we're going to pray over our pastors. But I want to say to the people of the congregation, thank you for loving our pastors from everything from cookies, which I'm so excited about, (laughs) and Tim is even more excited, um, to just little words of encouragement, and um, as a Um, We really also try to focus on our pastoral staff's kids. So I will tell the Lipscomb boys there is something, hopefully, that you will enjoy in your dad's bag as well that will help for days when you're out of school. (laughs) But um, we're going to just ask Kimmy to pray over our pastor. So I don't know if you guys want to step down and, like, down there. And anybody that wants to come up and maybe lay hands on pastors or just um, pray from where you are. Thank you so much for these people that you have put into all of our lives to guide us and lead us in our walk with you. Um, You know, personally, I couldn't have asked for better mentors and encouragers in my life. Um, And I'm sure there's a lot of people in our congregation that feel the same way. Please continue to be with our pastors and anoint them in their walk with you. Continue to help them guide this congregation according to your will. Unite them in their mission as they go and fight the spiritual battles that are out in our world today. Please continue to encourage them and help them to be able to be alone with you and be able to focus on their walk with you and not be so focused on us that they don't get what they need from you. 
help us as a congregation to support our pastors so that we're not taking advantage of their kindness and their obedience to be your will. Let us step up and be a one big United Church family and help each other out when it's needed. Please just continue to bless them in all that they do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, now it's your turn to stand up. Thank you, guys. We, we love serving alongside you. It is, um, it is a gift to, to see your faces and to be able to um, love the world with you. Um, well, now we get to extend peace to each other, and we don't have to extend it quite so far today. You're very close to each other. And so, um, y'all, you know. You know what this means. It means that we say this to each other because we, it's our prayer that all is right between us and God and us and with each other. So it's, a, it's both ways. And so let me be maybe the first to say to you today, may the peace of Christ be with you today. Thank you. Extend that peace to each other. And kids, I will meet you in that back corner.
God in heaven, your name is holy. Bring your kingdom to earth. Do whatever you see fit, Lord. As above, so below. Give us what we need for today. Forgive us for what we've done. And help us to forgive those who have wronged us. And keep us from evil. Everything is yours, God. Forever and ever. of Tim and Jason and Jen. Um, it's just an honor to serve you. And if I haven't met you yet, my name is Garen, and I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, I, I uh, lead this Ragamuffin band, and uh, we are excited to partner with you. So, um, all right, so we're going to get right into it. If you'll notice, uh, you can't notice our wall. And so uh, we're going to pretend like it's written up there and just imagine that the next phrase, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, is up there, but it, it, it would be right over there. As we've been in a series for the Lord's Prayer for a while, a while, and uh, we're rounding the corner, and it's going to be awesome to see it, um, to see where it finishes up. So we're going to be in Matthew 5 and Matthew 18, but we're going to start with Matthew 5 if you want to turn there. And I wanted to show you just a quick video clip that uh, I saw the other day and just really loved. So take a look at this. Oh, look out. Oh, my God. That's awesome. That's not why I wanted you to see this. There's more. Tough kid right there. So this is really cool because as a pitcher, Bubs looks shaken up right now because of what he did. And look at Zay Jarvis. This is such great sportsmanship. He wants him to know that it's okay, that he'll be fine. Hey, Bob. Look at me. Look at me. You're all right. Amazing. You're all right. Look at me. Look, look. Wouldn't the world be a better place if there was more of that? Could you imagine what would happen if the Phillies and Astros and the World Series, if that happened? I can't either. But man. That kind of, uh, what a great example. You've got these two pitchers, and they're both doing their best, and then something happens, and Zane notices that the opponent, the guy that's wronged him, the guy that just hit him, is going through it, and he goes over and gives him a hug. Hey, it's all right. It's not a big deal. We're good. I'm not hurt. And, And he just offers this forgiveness in this moment that is just absolutely Beautiful. So, just so that we're all on the same page for the Lord's Prayer, I want us to pray this prayer together. And as a reminder, this is a prayer that the Lord taught 
the disciples to pray. It's in the Sermon on the Mount. This is not a prayer that Jesus needs to pray because there are parts in this that are geared specifically for us. And so let's pray this together. Our Father in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So, um, forgiveness. That's a tough one, isn't it? It's easy to want. It's hard to give. I mean, let's just call it what it is. It's just not easy, right? It's easier to hold a grudge. It's easier to avoid someone. It's easier to say something bad behind their back than it is to forgive. Than to say, Let, let's move on. We don't need to dwell on this anymore. It's just tough. And so I want to turn our attention now to Matthew 18. There's, there's a story that Jesus tells. It's a parable that Jesus tells that will help us with this concept of forgiveness. That's what we're talking about today. So I'm going to do what Jesus did. Jesus wasn't reading from the scriptures when he told this parable. He was telling this narratively. And so I'm going to tell it narratively. But I encourage you to go back and read Matthew 18. It's verses 21 through 35. Okay? So it starts with these disciples, and they're following Jesus. And there's a guy, Peter. Remember Peter? The rock? Not the rock. The rock? We went through that a couple of weeks ago, if you were here for that series. It was Peter. And so you've got this guy who, I mean, when I read scripture, I think of Peter as this uh, act first, think later kind of guy. Anybody else kind of get that, uh, that feeling? He's always blurting things out. He's always, you know, quick to do something. Let me grab the sword real fast. No problem. He's rough around the edges. And Peter comes up to Jesus and he asks, so tell me, Jesus. How many times should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? So, so here's what's happening. Let's just, let's get the base work established. In the Jewish culture, to offend someone was a really big deal. I mean, this was, uh, people in that culture and that time held tightly to their forgiveness and they didn't just hand it out willy-nilly if you offended them there was most likely some sort of separation that was going to happen some sort of distance some sort of you've just changed the dynamics of this relationship type of moment forgiveness was not a big offering that they gave they were very happy holding on to their anger and their frustration and it's almost as if Peter is asking this question to, um, in my opinion, he's asking it to elevate himself. It's like, well, I know Jewish people don't forgive very often, but teacher, how many times should we? Seven times? As if everyone's like, Peter just said seven times. Wow, that's a lot. Now, 
in the Jewish culture, the number seven is a very significant number. It's the number of completion. It's the number of wholeness. It's the number of perfection. And so it seems right that Jesus would, that Peter would say seven times. How many times should I forgive someone? Seven times? Surely everyone can agree that that's more than is necessary. And to add a layer of perspective, the Pharisees, you know, the people that we always say are the bad guys in the Bible, the religious leaders that are always trying to get Jesus, the Pharisees said that the most that someone should forgive is three times. It's like, burn me once, shame on you, burn me twice, shame on you again, burn me three times, shame on you, burn me four times, you're dead. Like, there's, like, I will forgive you, not just once, not just, I will forgive you three times, but then that's it. It's over forever. And so, Peter saying seven times, wow, that's a lot more than even the religious leaders are willing to do. That's a big deal. Wow, Jesus, aren't I good? How many times should I forgive? Seven times? So Jesus answers the question, but the answer to Peter's question isn't nearly as powerful as the story that Jesus told to explain his answer. So in Matthew 18, he tells this parable, and he says, there was this king, and this king decided it was time to collect on the debts that were owed to him. And so he started pulling in people, collecting their debts. Hey, this is, you know, it's, it's time. Pay up. And if you look at the Greek word, the debt that the king is doing is the same word for forgive us our debts. So I just want to make sure that we understand. We're talking about parallel ideas. It's something that is owed to you. So this man comes in, and, and Scripture says he owes 10,000 talents. Now, in my Bible at the bottom, it says that would be equivalent to 375 tons of silver. That's a lot of silver. Um, to put it in, in perspective, back then, a talent would be equivalent to 15 years of working. So basically, Jesus is saying there's a guy that came into the king and owed him 150,000 years of salary. I mean, Jesus is doing this. I mean, he's, he's using this to an extreme to show just how big. I, everyone in this setting would have said, like, oh, that's impossible. No one could ever pay that back. I mean, this is, that's it. I mean, it's absurd. That's like more than the wealth of the nation. That'd be like the president calling you and saying, um, yes, um, I'm going to need you to pay the national debt. Uh, now, please. Like, just the absurdity of it. And Jesus says, this guy owed 10,000 talents, 150,000 years worth of money. And the guy says, I don't have it. I, I, don't, I don't have it right now, but I'll pay you. I promise I'll pay you. And I can imagine the king looking down at his inventory, and he's got his ledger, and it's like, I don't have it, king. It's like, okay, send him off. Um, sell his wife, his children, his property, his land, his, his animals, throw them in jail until it can be repaid. Not even taking the time to look up at his servant. I mean, it was swift. It was definitive. It, he can't pay. He owes it. He's gone. But this man falls to his knees and he says, oh, just you just give me a little more time, please, just a little more time, if you'll just be patient. 
And the king does three incredible things in this moment. Three things that should change this man's life forever. The first thing, he had compassion on the servant. He looked up from his ledger and actually saw the hurting person in front of him. The second thing, he canceled the debt entirely. He didn't say, I'll give you more time. He didn't say, let's cut it in half. He canceled the debt entirely. And the third thing he did, he let the man go. He was free to go. Now remember, Peter's standing there feeling all proud of himself. Like, how many times should I forgive, Jesus? Seven. And Jesus tells this story. about the real generosity of our Heavenly Father. About what forgiveness looks like if we're sincerely wanting to live in this kingdom of God. Peter's asking how many times he should forgive someone else, and instead Jesus wants to talk about how God the King has forgiven him a bigger debt than he could ever pay. God is generous. We know this, right? Our God is generous and forgiving and loving. In Psalm 103, we read this. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. He's slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He doesn't punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. Because we deserve it, don't we? At least in our fallen state, we do. Until we turn to him, we deserve it. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the heights in the heavens above the earth. He's removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. The Lord's like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. And he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we're only dust. God is generous in forgiveness, generous in mercy. All right, back to the parable. So the man leaves the presence of the king, and he has this newfound freedom, and he's walking out, and he sees this guy down the street, and he's like, oh, hey, there's Larry. No, not you. There's a different Larry. I'm, there's Skip. I'm not going to use anyone in this church today. There's Skip. Skip owes me $20. So he goes up to Skip. He's like, Skip, 20 bucks, buddy. Skip's like, I don't have it. I don't have it right now, but if you'll be patient with me, does it sound familiar? If you'll be patient with me, I'll pay you back those 20 bucks. And it's like, Skip, I want the money now! Skip doesn't have it, so he calls and has Skip thrown in jail until the $20 can be paid. Well, fortunately for Skip, There were people that saw what happened and they knew what had happened to that first servant and they knew the debt that had been forgiven to him and they were advocates for Skip and they went to the king and they said, hey, this just happened. And so the king is furious. In Skip's mind, he's going, hey, if I get that $20, uh, that means, um, you know, I only need like to collect $20 from like 9,999,980 more people and then I can pay the debt back. Yeah. Because 
I'm going to pay the team back. I'm going to do everything I can. So you owe me 20, you owe me 20, you owe me 20. I want it now or else. Because in his mind, the servant didn't hear what the king was offering. So the king was furious. The king had no sympathy for anyone that was refusing to be forgiving. The king had no sympathy for anyone who was not willing to act like the king. He threw him in jail until every cent could be paid back. Can you see what happened? This man is asking for patience from the king, and instead he's given forgiveness. But he continued to live his life as if he only asked for patience. The guy got what he asked for, and he got so much more, and he missed the entire miracle of forgiveness. Now, you, you may have noticed this. Let's go back to the, the Lord's Prayer. You may have noticed this, but just in case, I want to point this out. Have you noticed that forgiveness is the only thing in the prayer required of us? Our Father in heaven focuses on God. Hallowed be your name. Focuses on God's greatness. Your kingdom come, your will be done. The focus is on God and what God wants to do in this world. Give us this day our daily bread. The focus is on God. God's going to be the provider. Forgive us our debts. God, only God can forgive us. And we owe a great amount. Only God can do it. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Wait a minute. That's, that sounds like we're supposed to participate at this point. Well, let's keep going. Lead us not into temptation. God's the only one that can lead us. Deliver us from evil. That's the only thing God, that only God can do that. Yours is the kingdom, power, glory forever. It's all about God and God's reign. So, out of this entire prayer, Jesus tells us to pray. We are focused on God, God's greatness, God, what God wants to do in this world, what God will provide for us. And then there's this one thing that God asks of us. Forgive as you have been forgiven. That whole list of things, and there's really only one thing that you and I need to worry about when it comes to us. Because everything else is just surrendering to God, trusting God. It's all God, it's all God, it's all God. The one thing that God says to us, you need to be forgiven. Because you're that servant. You're the one that was worthy of being sent to prison until you could pay back a debt you could never pay back. You're the one that's pleading for mercy. And God is the one giving it to you. forgives when we ask. The only thing that God asks is that you, in turn, that I, in turn, forgive others in the same way that God forgives us. And how does God forgive us? Extravagantly, generously, more than we need, more than we even ask. We, we, we ask for patience. God gave forgiveness. That's a better deal. We're supposed to do the same thing. Somebody offends us, we forgive them. 
somebody really offends us, it's harder, but we forgive them because we forgive because we have been forgiven. We forgive greatly because we have been forgiven greatly. Y'all have only known me for five years, but I can tell you, if you knew my whole story, I have been forgiven greatly. And the least I can do is offer forgiveness in return for this wonderful forgiveness that's been lavished on me. That's my job. That's your job. Uh, have you ever wondered how that parable could have ended differently? Had the servant gone out, left the king, and said, freedom, freedom. Hey, that guy owes me 20 bucks. Hey, Skip, Skip, come here. Hey, and Skip's like, I know, I know I owe you money. I'm so, hey, brother, it's all good. I ha- you have no idea what I've just been forgiven, and I am not about to hold you for 20 bucks when I've been forgiven truckloads of money. Hey, we're good. Let's have peace between each other. Forgive us. That's the least I can do. That is not a big deal compared to what I have been forgiven. How could this parable have been different? How could, how could that have changed this servant's life if he started to understand, I didn't get patience, I got forgiveness. I don't have to pay Jesus back for saving me. I live in submission and obedience and I offer forgiveness because I love Jesus and Jesus did this for me. How could I not do this for other people? One more thought and then, um, then I want to show you something. And, and um, The love of God is unconditional. In case you don't know that, I want you to know that unconditional love god so loved the world there's not a period there but there could be god's love is unconditional what i'm struggling with is as i read matthew 18 and as i read the lord's prayer i worry that maybe i've assumed that all of the things of god are unconditional Because forgiveness tends to have this if-then mindset. Forgive others in the same way that I have forgiven you. You're in my presence and I am forgiving you. You are called to leave my presence, not leave my presence, but you know what I'm saying, you are called to go and offer forgiveness. So while the love of God is unconditional, God's provenient grace is speaking to everyone. Before you even knew that there was a God to be known, God's spirit was speaking to you. It's unconditional. However, we are one of those Christian faith types of people that believes that forgiveness, like, that's what we're called to do. It's what we're called to ask for and it's what we're called to give. And I know it's difficult. I know some of us have deep scars. I know some of us have had atrocious things happen to us. I was listening to a podcast, and and they were helping point out the fact that forgiveness doesn't always equal restoration and reconciliation. There are some things that have happened to you that you may never be able to be in a relationship 
the same way, but that does not give you the excuse to not forgive. The relationship may be permanently different forever because of some of the hurt that's happened to you, but that does not exclude you from forgiveness. It may mean that they may never ask for forgiveness, you still give it. They may never apologize and say they're sorry and want reconciliation, it doesn't matter. They may say, thank you for forgiving me, I'd love restoration, and you may say, I'm not there yet, but I'm at forgiveness. what we're called to. Forgiveness is our path towards spiritual healing. I want to show you um, one more clip. Um, if you're watching online, it may get muted out or, or censored because that happens a lot, and I apologize. Um, this is a clip from a series that was done uh, focusing on a lady named Eva Tor, uh, Eva Kor. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. You might have seen her before. She was a Jewish twin in World War II that was taken as part of the twin experiment by Dr. Um, uh, Mengele, who was known as the Angel of Death. And they were liberated, and for years she had anger and resentment, and we've got to bring Mengele to, to justice. We've got to get this guy. And you may even recall, I don't know if you remember this, but in the 80s, um, so, so they do this memorial service every year in D.C., and um, Ellie Basel was there, and he was speaking, and it was in the 80s, and there's this lady that stood up and starts yelling and screaming, like, I don't want peace, I don't want forgiveness, and they're dragging her out and taking her to jail. This is her. She lost her friends, she lost her family, she lost everything. She became a pariah to the community because she could not let go of this bitterness the things that had been done to her, and I get it, because I can't imagine the things that were done to her. Let me share a little bit of what happened next. Oops, sorry, those are the scripture references. This is why I don't like reading it, but <laughs> here we go. Watch this. I, Eva Moses Core. So the computer is unmuted on yours. I'm getting to excited. Y'all were like, this is going to be good, and now you're like, this is going to be good. Let me try again. Eva Moses Core, a twin who survived as a child Joseph Mengele's experiment at Auschwitz 50 years ago, hereby give amnesty to all Nazis who participated directly or indirectly in the murder of my family and millions of others. I, Eva Moses Core, in my name only, give this amnesty because it's time to go on. It was the decision of a lifetime. It came, on the surface, in a most haphazard manner. Shortly after Miriam's death, Eva was invited to a conference about medical ethics, with a catch. 
They wanted her to bring a Nazi doctor. She where on earth can I find one of those guys? <laughs> Last time I looked in the telephone book, they were not advertising there. <laughs> a couple of years earlier, Eva had taken part in a German documentary alongside Nazi doctor Hans Munch. Eva reached out, and Munch agreed to be taped at his home in Bavaria. I was very scared. Eva had her own agenda and was crestfallen when Dr. Munch said he never worked alongside Mengele and had no idea where his files were. On another question, however, Munch was more forthcoming. Did you see the gassing? Sure. I, I, it's, it's, it's my problem. Munch agreed to document what he witnessed and to come to Auschwitz with Eva to announce it in person. For months, Eva considered how to thank him. Then it hit her. Forgiveness. She would forgive Dr. Munch for his sins as a Nazi. She wrote him a letter and had a former professor check her spelling. I remember in particular um, saying, okay, so Munch, but what about Mengele? Uh, what about all the other SS? You know, are you just going to forgive Munch because he's there? Your forgive problem is not with Dr. Munch. Your problem is with Dr. Mengele. I went home, closed the door, picked up a dictionary, made a list of 20 nasty words, <laughs> which I read clear and loud, because that made believe Mengele in my room. And then I said, in spite of all that, I forgive you. For her, that was the thing she needed to do. Something was stuck, and whatever that was, I did not sense that in her anymore after she went through that act of forgiveness. I said, you're going to do what? You're going to do what? And so on the 50th anniversary of the Auschwitz liberation, January 27, 1995, Eva Moses Kor returned again. This time armed not with anger, but peace, and looking not just back, but forward as well. No more wars. No more gas chambers. No more bombs. No more hatred, no more killing, and no more Auschwitz. And at her moment of freedom, Eva was a pariah anew. How could she forgive someone that tortured her personally and tortured her sister? And her sister died because of it. I'll never understand. I've had Six million people died. How could she forgive? Enough is enough. It was this forgiveness of all the bold acts of her life. I am healed inside. That formed Eva's legacy and that is still debated today. Do I deserve to live free of what Mengele did to me? And I declare with every ounce of my being that I do. Now, just for clarification, I don't know that Eva um, ever had a personal relationship with Jesus. And yet, 
that proves even more the power of forgiveness. And if you and I claim to be forgiven, that's such great a debt that we have. How can we not forgive others? So we're going to finish with four questions, and then I'm going to have um, Jason Shearer. I'm going to have him come help with communion. During this series, we've been talking about, we've been ending every series, uh, every sermon with four questions. Something for you to think about. I encourage you to jot them down or take a, a picture of the screen. Is there anyone I need to speak to today to ask for forgiveness? I, I feel the Spirit telling me I have been in the wrong. Is there anyone I need to talk to? What's my first step to make things right? Am I willing to text them right now and ask to meet? And I encourage you, don't wait till you get home. Pull out your phone right now. Say, hey, can you grab coffee? I need to talk. It won't bother me if you pull out your phone. Time is the enemy further you get from the conviction, the less you feel convicted. Do it when the Spirit talks to you. The second question, is there someone in my life that I need to forgive? They've done me wrong. Will I live like the servant or will I live like the king? And am I willing to practice extravagant forgiveness? We get to choose who we'll live like. We don't get to choose the ramifications or consequences of who we choose to live like. We're called to live like the king. We are image bearers of the most high God. Question three, is there anything I'm unwilling to forgive in myself? So we've talked about I've hurt you, you've hurt me. But there are many of us carrying around baggage from self-inflicted wounds. God's forgiven me. What's my first step in forgiving myself? Who do I need to speak to? Maybe it's your close friend. Maybe it's a therapist or a psychiatrist. Maybe it's your pastor. But if, if you're stuck, like Eva was, unable to forgive, who do you need to speak to? Last question, if reconciliation is possible, if it's possible, am I willing to go beyond forgiveness in order to reconcile with the person who has wronged me? That's a tougher question. It's my prayer that as you work through one of the other three that you will get to hear because reconciliation is really what we're called to. When at all possible, live at peace with each other. Isn't that what Paul said, Kim? Summarizing? Which means I forgive because Christ has forgiven. And when at all possible, I do reconciliation and live at peace with them. Jesus, forgiveness is... 
is such a tricky thing. God, I feel guilty when people forgive me. I'm sure there are others here that feel the same way. Because so many times I live in the mindset of the servant who's been forgiven much and yet they walk out and they still live under the weight of the debt. And that's me a lot of times. God, I know that there are people that I have hurt and I know that there are people that have hurt me and I pray that you will help me to do the difficult work of reconciliation. And if that can't be done, at minimum, Jesus, help me do the difficult work of forgiveness. And God, I know that I'm not the only person here that feels that way. I know that there are many people who have had situations and things happen to them where they need your divine spirit to even be able to forgive. And I believe that you can do that. I believe that your forgiveness is strong enough to flow through us and that you can heal us through forgiveness as we forgive our debtor. Jesus, that's what we want. Jesus, you've called us to participate through the act of forgiveness. We like all the other parts of the prayer that says, give me, give me, give me, or you're awesome, you're awesome, you're awesome. But God, we skip past this part really fast and we keep reading because we don't like doing this. But we need to. And so I pray that you'll give us courage to forgive as we have been forgiven. To forgive wholeheartedly. To forgive with reckless love. Because that's how you forgave us. Jesus, do your good work in us and help us to become kingdom people living out your image to a world that is broken and hurting and needs a little bit of forgiveness. We pray this in your name. Jason, can you help me with communion? I'm throwing this on you. This is a great time to remember our forgiveness. But I never want to miss an opportunity where... If you need forgiveness, that kind of crazy forgiveness that that Garen spoke about, where the king said, your tremendous debt is wiped out, this is a time to really take that to heart. Um, I don't want to ever go a day knowing someone and knowing that they need to be forgiven, saved, reconciled with Jesus, and they just don't get it. I hate going into homes and people, they have this heavy burden in their hearts. They need to be forgiven and set free from their sins, but they just aren't given that opportunity or don't comprehend it. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that all might come to see, might come to see this forgiveness. So as you come and as you participate, know that God offers forgiveness For the most heinous of sins, and even the smallest of sins, but as we're we're made right with him, when we talk about righteousness, talk about holiness, be holy like he's holy, let us take this, let it sink in where we can truly be forgiven 
to take that to heart and, and be set free from guilt. It's a crazy thing that our world does not teach well. Our culture definitely does not teach forgiveness. So please come up and um, I'm going to pray quickly, but come up and take the bread. Are we, uh, are we dipping today, Pastor? All right. So don't put your whole hand in there. It'd be kind of awkward. Although my kids would probably lick their fingers and dip again, so watch out. Uh, let's pray together and just, uh, just speak to our Father. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be forgiven. And I thank you for the forgiveness that you've shown me already, that you've shown so many here. And Lord, speak to us directly if we need to let go of something. Either something that we feel guilty for and you are offering forgiveness for, or if there is someone in our lives that we need to extend forgiveness to, that you take our hearts and that during these next few minutes that you really, you really help it to sink in which way we need to go with these things. I, I know, Lord, when we experience true freedom in you, that life can be lived exactly how you intended it to be, that we aren't burdened, that we aren't chained down, that those chains are broken, that we as captives, that we are set free from our burdens and our debts. I thank you for your love, your love which doesn't seem to make any sense to us because it's so, it's just, it's, it's reckless, it really is. How you love us, how you just, no matter who we are, who we've been, you still love us unconditionally. We praise you, Father, and we thank you for your presence. Amen. All right, please come and line up here. And the way we're doing it is you'll take a piece, dip it, you can eat it right away. And, uh,
Well, Pastor serves a couple back there. Um, let's have a few moments. Uh, we often aren't silent when we come together. So let's just uh, take a few moments, pray silently, let God speak to you, and then I'll close with a word of prayer in this, this portion. Father, we long for you to speak to us, and often we ask that you speak to us directly. And so we ask today that your spirit will come and dwell within us, direct us, guide us, do all things necessary to bring us closer to you so that we might truly fulfill the purpose that you have in us, both individually and as a as a corporate body, together, that we might follow your will and just know everything that you've got for us, all the great stuff that you've got planned, and that we wouldn't be burdened by the things that don't make sense to us, that we learn to fully trust you. We love you, Father, and we truly do thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Amen. for one second. I was serving. I forgot to receive. Well, here... um, Sending out frogs that are—it's a plague, y'all. This 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 hurricane. Well, then I will help us sing our benediction. So, will you sing with me? We sing Hallelujah. Let Your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let Your will be done as we go in Your name. We shout and we proclaim. Let your will be done. Go in God's forgiveness and go and extend.